Hey everybody, this is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's great to have you with us watching online, whether you're a member or just coming across this video on Facebook, YouTube. We're so glad to have you. Today we're continuing our midweek teaching series called A Path Forward, where we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And we're looking at it through the lens of being a path forward for God's people out of the craziness of what it means to be alive in our, in our incredibly difficult climate of 2020. So we're specifically approaching the scriptures, looking for a way that Jesus offers us to live that's alternative to the way that the world is offering. Today's teaching is called Looking Under the Hood, and we'll be in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 20. Please join me in a word of prayer. Let's invite the Lord to teach us. Uh, through his, his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, when you began your ministry, this is right at the beginning of your recorded ministry. And those, earlier, those early disciples, you sat them down and you taught them about what it's like to live in your kingdom. Let us, 2,000 years later here, take these words to heart and live them out. And may you give us the power through your spirit and through your abiding word to do so. Let me pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I am not a car guy, and I probably shouldn't have titled this Looking Under the Hood because I don't know the first thing about cars. I know how to drive them, um, but that's about it. But I do know this, that you can't take a really bad, messed up engine and a really clean, beautiful body of an expensive car, like a Lamborghini or something, and put that engine in that car, and just because it has this incredible, beautiful body, you can't expect a car to run. Because what matters more to the actual performance of the car isn't what it looks like on the outside, no matter how flashy and glitzy it is, but actually what's underneath the hood, what's going on on the inside. And it's, it's the same for you and I. No matter what it looks like in our appearance, no matter how good we may appear to be on the outside, if what's going on inside internally is twisted, deformed, broken, um, then, then it's going to come out. And uh, not only that, but what God looks at is not the outward appearance, but the heart. What he looks at is the inner person. And Jesus is going to address this over and over again going forward throughout the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're going to be looking at what he says today in these uh, four verses through this lens. Jesus is interested about more than what's externally happening. He's interested in what's going on in our hearts. Do you remember the woes to the Pharisees? I think there's seven of them, seven woes to the Pharisees. One of them is about this. Outwardly, you look great, (laughs) but he said inwardly there's death and decay. You're whitewashed tombs, and inside is nothing but bones. Um, It is always tempting for a religious person, a person who's seeking to live righteously, it is always tempting for us to care more about external appearances than the inward heart. And so this, uh, this teaching um, today is meant to be a way of saying, let's focus inwardly on the state of our inner being. Let's, let's focus on more than just our image. And in our image-obsessed culture, this is such a, such a timely word because, you know, the average person uh, probably isn't walking around 
caring that they look religious and holy like the ancient Pharisees did. Um, but the average person in our culture is obsessed with how they look, and they're curating their culture via social media and uh, online platforms, that sort of thing, looking to gain likes and followers and all of this. We are obsessed with how we look, but what's going on inside matters much more. Remember, this is Jesus' central teaching that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and the Sermon on the Mount is his explanation for how to live in that reality. Matthew 5, verse 17, Jesus says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What a statement. Can you imagine sitting in the crowd and hearing Jesus say this? I mean, the Pharisees are the most respected religious leaders of the day who had given their life to memorizing the Torah. I mean, they, they would literally, literally memorize huge portions. Can you imagine walking around having Genesis memorized? The, these men were very, very concerned about, about not only memorizing the law, but living it out, following every rule. And Jesus says here, for I tell you, unless your righteousness, your inner goodness, exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This reminds me of another interaction that Jesus had. Do you remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit um, eternal life? And, and Jesus said, he said, uh, follow the, the law and the prophets. And the rich young man replied, all of these I have kept since I was young. And Jesus said, one thing you lack, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come follow me. What a difficult what a difficult word. The young man went away sad because he had many possessions. And the disciples said to him, how is it possible for a rich man to enter? And Jesus said, without God, it is impossible. Without God, it's impossible. Which is the whole point, right? W without God, it is impossible. We see the Apostle Paul struggle this when, when he's saying he's wrestling with the law because he tried to live it out to perfection. And yet what the law does is it causes us to sin more because it causes us to desire fleshly things. And there's this tension that keeps coming out. And Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What is our hope then? Our hope is the righteousness of Christ imparted and imputed to us through the Holy Spirit, through the cleansing sacrifice of Jesus Christ. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. The Bible Project um, has been really influential in my life. Tim Mackey is the scholar um, behind the Bible Project, and their slogan is, the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. I think this is such a helpful reminder to us that the scriptures, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, um, the Proverbs, all of it is a unified story that culminates in Jesus Christ. He didn't just um, God didn't just take his son and drop him into the middle of humanity with no context. No, Jesus is fulfilling that through which all of the law and prophets pointed towards. 
And Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Many of us have a functional Bible that really is just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and maybe some of Paul's writings. And then the rest of the Bible is, seems too complicated, it's scary, it's overwhelming, and so it's way too easy to ignore. Maybe we read a few Psalms, but even the Psalms can be really hard and difficult. Jesus warns, I think, against this in this statement. He's saying, I'm not just starting a new thing. I'm fulfilling what God has already done. If we want to understand Jesus, then we have to be students of the entire scriptures. If you want to understand the Sermon on the Mount, then you've got to understand Genesis 1 and 2 and how that plays out in chapter 3 and going forward in the whole story of Israel. And so the more that we understand the full story of the scriptures, the more that we're going to understand Jesus because he came to fulfill them. We need to be careful not to throw it out or avoid it. Remember, Jesus is seeking a righteousness that is an inside-out righteousness rather than an external righteousness. If you remember last week's teaching about salt and light, the key question was, who looks good when I'm doing this act? Who looks good? External obedience to laws can make us look and feel good, but Jesus is interested in more than external conformity. He's interested in a people who love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love their neighbor as themselves. Sky Jathani says this in his little devotional, What If Jesus Was Serious, which is reflections on the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Very often in religious communities, we are content with adherence to external expectations of conduct and give little attention to the inward posture of the heart. They are often given a pass. So people who are more concerned about external righteousness are often given a pass on internal issues like anger, greed, jealousy, bitterness, lust, or bigotry. Such a person might be acceptable in a church today, but Jesus is unfit for God's kingdom. He does not merely desire people who appear good or even those who do good. He wants people who are good. That kind of inside-out transformation cannot be achieved through laws alone. That kind of inside-out transformation is achieved only through abiding in him. Jesus' final message to his disciples included this teaching where he said, Abide in me, and I'll abide in you, and you will bear much fruit will bear the fruit of Jesus Christ and his goodness as we abide in him, following in his footsteps, living out his teaching, the teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, this is what he says is how we live as if the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's how we live when we believe that what he said is true and is the truth. So once again, I'd invite you to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. While I'm teaching piece by piece through this sermon, we need to remember that this is a unified sermon, which means the beginning of chapter 5 through the end of chapter 7 was one discourse. It was one teaching, and Jesus was giving a larger message. So I'd, I'd encourage you to read it as a whole today. And as you read it, ask these questions. What's going on underneath the hood of your life? If you're a vehicle, if you're a car, things might look good on the outside, but what's going on underneath? How is the Spirit of God cultivating his goodness in your heart, soul, and mind? You are a 
a, a complex creature created in the image of God meant to reflect him body, mind, soul, heart, strength in every way. So how is the Spirit of God cultivating his goodness in you? And how does this teaching offer us a path forward out of the gridlock of our culture where things are just stuck? Things are stuck. And so let's allow this teaching to give us an alternative way to be human, a new way to be human, and a better way to live. May this teaching be a blessing to you. May each of us live it out um, as we abide in Christ today. Go with God. Have a wonderful day.